They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. What's talking- up, everybody? And welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo Aaron Lawyer. I'm joined by my best friend, my guy, X2 Fly, Eric Trim. Bicky, how you doing, baby? Doing all right, but now I'm doing better. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll be, it, well, to everybody's surprise, I did have a beverage. I do have a beverage with me, and I should have opened it at the same time you, as you did. Um, You'll learn. Once you do it every you, week, you get a little more accustomed to making it, you know, a little, little spicy. All right. There isn't video, but your mullet is mulleting. And, <laughs> by, and by the way, on, your, for your, for your, on Christmas, I'm getting you an off-white purple flannel. Oh my gosh! Well, for the listeners here, the uh, New Year's Eve episode. Make sure we'll uh, I'll be wearing it. It's funny because um, Angel asked about your haircut because she saw that you posted it with the um, Eddie Guerrero pictures underneath on your IG story, and I had to explain to her the whole thing, and she was like, "Huh?" I was like, "Yeah, it's wrestling. It's a wrestling thing." <laughs> but um, as always. Subscribe on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. And well, ring since, since we're talking about Matt Madness Wives, I do got to chime in one thing on there. So it's funny because my barber makes a different joke about the mullet every week. He's like, man, it looks mad European. Yo, it looks mad Mexican. The next week it looks mad Puerto Rican. Yo, you look like a wrestler. Yo, you look like a soccer player. So since Valentino was there, he was gassed up. He was like, you know, yeah, it looks like a wrestler. So he did that post. So I reposted with Teddy Guerrero pictures where, as you can see in the picture, I have a mullet and I posted it and it's me. It's not Photoshop. Freaking miss. Mrs. Egina is going to message me. <laughs> Genesis messages me and she's like, did you get it? <laughs> what? I was like, did I get what? She said a mullet. I was like, well, that is me in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, that Pregger's brain is getting Oh, it. man, you really uh, – are you Eddie's kid? That's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> All right, so as always, Ringside Collectibles, code MMAN and save 10% off your order. So this Saturday is a debut of AEW Collision. We got a stack card. We got CMFTR, CMFTR taking on – Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. And we saw the TNT Championship is going to be on the line with Wardlow defending against, against uh, Luchasaurus with Christian. So, we keep talking about this over and over again. There was a vignette for CM Punk last night on Dynamite. We keep reiterating this over and over again, but with Collision being this Saturday, are you even more excited? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's pretty cool when you... when. I didn't even think about it like this until this very moment. So, like, us being 32, our whole lifetime, there hasn't been weekly wrestling TV or on a Saturday, correct? Um, nope. We got so, random Saturday. We got, like, quarterly Saturday night's main events, like, in 06. So, I mean, I guess just because the whole thing of it being just so different, I'm excited about it. We're getting three in-ring returns. I mean, we're getting Miro in the ring. We're getting Andrade in the ring. We're getting Punk in the ring. Um, It's very exciting. I wonder if the set looks the same as Dynamite, if they make it different. Um, 
I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm pulling up to Jersey. I'm watching it with Richie Edge. It's it's gonna be exciting. Oh really? Yeah. You're taking drives back to back weeks. That's good for you. I'm 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 a real one out here. <laughs> All right. All right. So now I want to get on what we've been watching because last time we were here, you brought up a punk a punk YouTube fan made documentary, and I watched that documentary after we record the next day on YouTube. Now, you said something about it being a unbiased opinion. Now, I'm not sure what you meant by that. So, I meant because it's not like a lot of these documentaries, let's see if you disagree, but I think a lot of them paint Punk as either a hero or a villain. And I think this documentary showed faults of him and it showed the positives of him. Okay, so when I watched it, like when you told me about it on the show, I was kind of like expecting like voiceover and opinion pieces on it, but that wasn't it. It was a clip show, basically, of essentially almost everything CM Punk did in AEW, and like some media stuff that um weren't, but it wasn't on AEW TV. Like his intro thing with with Tony Khan, and then the media scrum from All Out last year. And um, I know the hangman clip about him saying he doesn't need advice from anybody was in there. So I didn't, So like I had a completely different expectation from when you brought it up. But I, I don't think Punk did anything bad in AEW. So like watching it, it was like a kind of a bit of a, a refresher because a lot of a lot of stuff that he did do because of who he was working with it may end up being forgettable. Like the Eddie Kingston thing, the back and forth exchanges were always great because. You know, Kingston's good on the mic. He was going to tell you how he feels. CM Punk went right back and forth with him. The match and the rest of the few, you might have forgot about it. Uh, they touched on Darby Allen a little bit. You might have forgot about it. Um, and then you went right to the MJF stuff, which I believe we could both agree is the best stuff that he did while he was in AEW. For and, sure. And then you got the Hangman stuff and the media scrum with the with the context to the media scrum controversy that happened at All Out. So, I don't so like I had a completely different expectation for it, but I did enjoy it because it was a really good refresher for me personally. And I was like, I'm excited for him to come back, you know, because we talked about it last episode. AW needs a little bit more star power, and anybody who works with Punk is already elevated to a whole nother level. Now, another thing I watched, it wasn't wrestling related, but it's kind of like in our ballpark. So, I did watch Air. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I, th- I thought it was really good. It was a quick watch, an easy watch. I still haven't watched it. Uh, it, it it's really good. Like it, it moves pretty fast, so it's not like a dragged out movie, story movie. It's really, it's really good. That there's an exchange between um, Matt Damon and the actor who plays Jordan's agent, David Falk. It's probably one. Of the, it's it's really good. Cinema, it really is. Yeah, I got, I got to get to that. Like they're, they're cursing each other out on the phone. It, it it's top notch stuff, and I, I really did I really did enjoy it. I think Viola Davis did a great job. Uh, Angel kept saying, "Why isn't Michael Jordan in it?" Um, I I, I explained to her that he really didn't want any part in the movie, he, but he did want Viola Davis to play his mother. But I did think it was a a great story, and Matt Damon he did a bang up job, and it, uh, I don't really want to spoil it for you, so I'll let you watch it for yourself. Okay. But I really did enjoy the movie Air, and um, I think that's about it. I did watch those two things. How about you? Before we get into some other stuff, 
so I've really just been staying up to date with the, you know, um, just current wrestling product. Um, I mean, I did watch Raw this week. I did. It did take me three days to watch it without it putting me to sleep. Um, last night for Dynamite, I was out celebrating, uh, you know, uh, for, for a friend getting a promotion. So I started that late last night and then finished it this morning. Um, but outside of that, since you mentioned something kind of in our wheelhouse, non-wrestling, I, I almost cringe saying this. I almost cringe saying this because it, before watching it, I wouldn't think I would like it. You know what I just watched that what? was pretty good? What? The new white man can't jump. You know what? I watched that. And I want to hear what you think. I think if they would have named it anything besides White Man Can't Jump, it would be so much better than it is. Yeah, so that, I had a thought about that. Because, um, like, when I saw the trailer on YouTube, I was like, what the hell is this going to be? And White Man Can't Jump, like, it's a classic. And, like, us, we, got, we, we have to have old people. We're older, so we grew up with it. So we have old people syndrome. It's like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, it's like oh, my God, the original, don't redo it. But... Might be controversial, but there are a lot of points in that movie that I thought it was better than the actual original movie. I could see that. Like, they replaced the idea, spoiler alert, guys, they replaced uh, Jack Harlow's girl, well, they, Jack Harlow's girl, girlfriend, she was a dancer, and that's more, and that was kind of, like, more realistic than, like, want, like being a diehard, wanting to be on Jeopardy. You know, so they kind of um, changed that. I thought that was a bit of a better thing. Uh, I did, a pre- I kind of cringe at dude balling off white fives. Um, but I-, I really think it was a good movie. I'm not, like, it, like a lot of people don't want to accept I certain things. I like I got to rewatch it I think it was a good movie. The, the shoe heat. Yeah, he had a lot of heat. I was like, he's balling off white fives. I was, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, this is actually a pretty good movie. I'm not. Did Harlow just wear New Balances, I assume? Uh, I'm pretty sure. But I was like, this is not a bad movie at all. So I'm with you on, I'm with you on the same boat about that. I, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And him trying to, like, um, with this with this with his workout plan and stuff, I thought, I thought it was funny. I thought Tiana, Tiana Taylor did a great job in the movie as well. Like, I have no hang-ups about that movie. Not, at not one point did I say, what is this? Heck yeah. Yeah, it was real good. If anything... I think I got to last like half hour and I was just kind of sitting there with a smirk and who I was watching was, was like, are you all right? You don't like it? I was like, nah, I'm actually mad. I like it. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we never, we never, like, we don't want our childhood or things we grew up with touched, but I'm not mad they touched that movie. I'm not at all. I really did thoroughly enjoy it. You got anything else? Did you watch it this week? Super random, and I think it was to help put myself to sleep. I think I ended up watching either two or three episodes. And I don't know why or how it popped up. Like I was trying to, I was skimming through uh, the cock, trying to figure some like wrestling to watch and see if there was like any new like um, original series like uploaded in the WWE section. And for some reason, I ended up watching three episodes of 1999 uh, Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> Were you here? <laughs> I turned the episode on um, maybe two two days ago in the morning before I went to work because I had nothing to watch. Get it, the hell out. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was the go-home show before 
not the yeah, it was the week before Fully Loaded '99. I think Triple H was supposed to go on the Big Show or something like that. But okay. I, I did turn it on <laughs> myself. I, I was like, I think like you know, like sometimes like it'll advertise like a match or two, mm-hmm. and I read. Billy Gunn and China versus Road Dogg and Ken Shamrock. It was leading up to That's King the of the Ring. That's the same episode I watched. Oh, crazy. That was it, yeah. It was leading up to King of the Ring. Yeah. Or King of the Ring. I thought it was fully loaded. It might have been King of the Ring, but I could have sworn it, it was July. It was, it, but it, it was, was that, that, that was the one I did, did watch. Wow. <laughs> Look at us. All right. So, Jeez. as far as AEW. That best friend shit. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, as far as AEW, Dynamite was last night. I'm aware of some of the things that went on. I thought the fact that. They were giving MJF, MJF and Adam Cole away so fast. Was what, what, but I'm talking about before Dynamite actually happened. I thought it was like, are you really doing this already? But I always forget about the factor of the time limit draw. And I thought that was a great way to get away, to, to, to continue this actually going on so Cole can still get his match in the future. So I, I did enjoy that. And I did Four see the interaction between... Adam, he's twice. What was that? I said, sorry to cut you off, but in... You know the short career of AEW. They, this is the third or third time they've done it. Yeah, and it's a good way to get out of like the squalifications and things like that. But sure. I, I did enjoy that part of it. I saw Jericho and Sammy going through their little thing with Sting and Darby and Jericho and Sammy. You kind of see them trying to turn Sammy face at this point. And uh, I believe that was the main thing that was going on that I saw. So you got any thoughts about AEW from Dynamite last night? I thought the episode was real solid. I um, and, you know, I'm gonna be the AEW shill uh, right now. I feel like it was maybe like last week when I got done watching Dynamite. I felt like the, the ending was rather flat, and I feel like maybe it's a curse of AEW. Like one thing I was like, and again, you don't watch the product regularly, but like, I genuinely, like maybe because it's car crash TV and it's nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And they crack, they, they put like, you know, 20 pounds of shit in a 10 pound bag. I love it. Like, you get jam packed TV for two hours every week. So, like, when you get a little bit of a lackluster show, which New York will give quite regularly all year, I mean, to me, it's kind of a little bit surprising. But I thought this, um, I thought the episode was really well put together. You had multiple storylines moving while building towards the debut of Collision, while advertising three new segments that were going to go on in Collision, and announcing several different matches that would go on, not just for Rampage, but also building the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Speaking of Forbidden Door, they're actually they're building this thing up. It's not like last year. Well, It's not going to be the Alliance <laughs> version of an invasion. So this year we got MJF defending, we just, we just announced last night, we have MJF defending the AEW Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi, and we have Jungle Boy taking on Sonata for the IWGP world title. And then also we have Kenny Omega and his rematch with Will Ospreay for the U.S. title. And we have um, Brian Danielson taking on Okada. So they're stacking this up. And New Japan, as you, as you know, as you guys know, as you know, is not my thing, but I'm going to watch it. I know these guys are held in high regard, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. But I'm not going to be marking out over this, but I'm just looking forward to good wrestling. So I'm glad they actually built properly and they had the top guys this, this, year go, this year going around. What are your thoughts on these matches? So last year, I mean, last year they did have a lot of the, the top talent still with it. But um, I don't know. 
I'm looking forward to everything we got going on. The roster's a little different. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think. Brian, uh, Daniel Bryanson, I think, was injured last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Bryan, Revere is like one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Okada, same category. That that literally is a dream match. Like AEW, I'll admit when they do something wrong, they do throw out the term dream match quite often. And it could be like two mid-card wrestlers that are just you never thought would happen. Or like, you know, a WWE guy that never got his push and someone from the Indies and whatever, whatever. But Okada versus, you know, uh, Brian Danielson. And I'm neither of those guys are in my personal top 10 favorite wrestlers. But I'm really looking forward to that match. Uh, one question I have for you. And again, just, you know, me being accolade act and, you know, um, <laughs> the, the IWGP world title match. I mean, Sonata, like, I feel like. I feel like with these shows, you really got the chance of like tag titles or a mid card actually changing. Like, I don't like. Do I see Tanahashi beating MJF for the world title? No, he's got other storylines going on. Do I see like, and no knock to Jack Perry, but like, do I see his first singles title while in AEW being the IWGP World Title? Would be badass. Like surprise me. I'd love to be wrong, but I don't foresee that. I'm actually really surprised out of everyone on the AW roster, he's the one they're they're putting in that spot. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this. You got Forbidden Door. Essentially, you know, who knows what else is going to be advertised or any other promotions being involved. But essentially, New Japan versus AEW. What's your thoughts on? And I feel like because it is the most, it's the most realistic story. It is a rematch. I think the main event should be the U.S. title. It should be Osprey and Kenny. I would think so. Which I think would be it would be freaking crazy. I mean, I'm wrong due to house shows, but like, I'm really wrong. But I want to say like it almost in times it feels like that belt has been defended more on AEW than it's been in New Japan. It's not the case, but there's been you know a few title changes. Um, Moxley defended it a lot. Uh, I think Lance Archer defended it once. You got Kenny out there. I think he's defended it once, but he's brought it out with him several times. So the, the, the idea of that title, which is main event in multiple dynamites during the pandemic, main eventing the second Forbidden Door, I think that's pretty freaking cool. Well, actually, you know what? I want to take that back because they, they uh, this year they actually have their own title on the line. And I'm not sure if they will put the IWGP title, IWGP US title, in that spot over their own title? Cause they, their own title was uh, defended last year. Was it? Okay. Yeah, well, it was technically the interim championship at oh, the time. Okay. Actually, hold on. If I'm correct, it was when the interim championship was crowned, I think. I think so, you're right. Uh, Moxley wants something to be the one to face uh, Tanahashi in the winner would be taking Punk's title that he had just vacated. Okay. So I, I think you're right on that. I so, am. So, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm on vacation, so I'll be able to actually enjoy it from the comfort yeah, of home problem. I, I, was, I can't remember last year if I watched it at the beach or I watched it the next day. I'm pretty sure I did watch that. There was one AEW show I feel like I missed. Maybe I didn't get to watch no, that. It, it, was that to, it was that one. Uh, it was that because one. Because I, I, was with the, I was at the beach with you the next week. And I oh. asked you about it. You said you hadn't watched it yet. I'm not sure if you ever yeah. did, but you, I remember you said at that time you didn't see it. 
yeah, I did did eventually get to watch Old Man, which I, I really did enjoy the show. Uh, and if I'm correct, the only belts that changed, I think, were the IWGP tag titles, which is when FTR won those. Okay. Okay. Now, moving forward to uh, a couple of things with WWE, um, there's not a lot going on, but I'll start with this. Cause we already know the bloodline is always has a bunch of layers and things going on. I love it. But... I've never been the biggest Judgment Day guy. You know, I've I've gained a lot of interest in them since they went to Do- uh, Ray's house on Thanksgiving. Um, but this, they're really doing a good job with the Judgment Day here because this thing with Rollins is really interesting because Rollins defeated Priest last week on Raw. He didn't want Ballard again while Ballard gets involved. And now Bella's kind of like hell-bent on Rollins because Rollins is trolling him, saying how he had the shortest title reign, how Balor's saying how Rollins ruined his life. And on Raw Monday night, Priest goes out to Balor and says, look, man, I'm paraphrasing, but look, man, you better make this worth because you've been acting funny. And so we have Priest in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We have Balor challenging Rollins for the, for the title at Money in the Bank. Now... To me, Balor was the one that does. Balor's the one who seems like he doesn't belong in the Judgment Day because it just doesn't click to me, in my opinion. Priest fits with Rhea and Dom. Now, what are your thoughts on those two going forward into Money in the Bank? And do you think that who do you think should be the face coming out of this? Because in my opinion, Damian Priest looks like the face because Balor looks like the jealous person who's hell bent on revenge and. Priest came straight up to him. He was just like, look, dude, like, you acting funny. You've been acting funny lately. So it's like he, just came, up, he came up to him straight straight man-to-man, no unconfrontational. So I kind of think Priest looks like he's going to be the face in this situation, but I think it should be, be Balor. Yeah, so it's confusing. And it's I'm guilty right now, and I hate that I'm guilty for this, but I've read a little bit in the sheets. There's a rumor that JT McDonough was going to may join the group. We got the teaser of Balor giving him advice. You do. There's also, I read again, the other thing, Guilty Orn, that, you know, Priest got a lot of praise for his performance in the World Heavyweight title match. He does come off as a babyface. So, like, I don't necessarily love the idea of, like, let's say Judgment Day doesn't shatter, but let's say, like, JT joins and replaces Priest. Or like you're saying, like, Balor doesn't fit. I don't know. I honestly, I love the group exactly how it is. I, I wouldn't be mad if JT does not joined, but I don't want somebody to fold from it. I also do love that, like, it's a, it's a real different group. You have, you know, two Hispanics from, you know, different parts of Latin America. You've got... Um, you know, you got uh, Rhea Ripley from Australia. You got Finn Balor from I- Ireland. I do love like the multiculturalness of it. Um, but like, and, and plus the the group is you know, it went from Priest and Edge to Priest Edge and Rhea, Priest Edge Rhea and Balor for a second. Edge is gone. I just feel like I feel like the group's kind of had too many facelifts. I just don't think it needs anymore. Because when it- also with that, I don't – they, they could easily flip this around and make Priest the heel 
Like Balor could quote unquote apologize and then Balor can get jumped by the rest of the members of Judgment Day, including Damian Priest, and that's how you get him as the baby in this situation. But the praise that Damian Priest has gotten over the last few months and the way he's kind of been protected and put into high level situations, you kinda of think he was the he would be the face. But replacing him with McDonough, I don't think that's a good idea at all because like the point of a fact like in the factions, you know, you have the workhorse, Balor. You have the weasel and Dom, and you have the muscle and Damien, and you have the woman and Rhea. At replacing Damien Priest with J.D. McDonough, you're losing the muscle. So I'm not sure, but I really am enjoying this so far. And I think it's the best thing they told, told story they told with them as a group, not just Dom, but in a, as a group. And Dom just shitting on everybody who's a father in WWE, I fucking love. It's fucking amazing. It, 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 it's great. And spoiler, I think he's beating Cody at Money in the Bank. I think Rock comes back. And you know how much how much hate heat that would get. So for sure. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that. And before we move on from the world title, I think Seth Rollins is doing an excellent job as world heavyweight champion. Because sure. right away they are legitimizing that title as they as put the it on the title, right person. As the title. And it's not a participation trophy. So he's been deliver- defending it on Raw. He's going to face Braun Breaker on NXT, and that's going to be a great match. So I'm really enjoying what Rollins is actually doing. They're legitimizing this title and making it feel- making it the title on the shows, and I'm really glad they're doing that right now at this time. And before we move on from WWE, we have the bloodline. Of course, more layers. Uh, Paul Heyman trying to suck up to Jey Uso, gets him a U.S. title match. Uh, telling Rome, telling Jay that Roman was trying to breed you to be the next tribal chief, and said, "I love the fact that he got a U.S. title shot." And I love. I would be sw- crazy if Jay would have won. Yeah, and I love the idea of Hay- of Jay saying, "Look, if I'm back in the bloodline, you're out the bloodline." Heyman's the one, only one that's not blood, and I'm interested to see what Roman Reigns is actually going to say because a few weeks ago on SmackDown at the Night of Champions. Roman's like Jay's gonna fall in line like he always does, and it's 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 a, it's an interesting thing because it's like does Roman fear the Usos, but he knows he or does he know he needs them? So a lot of layers to it, and I'm, I can't wait to see what happens. Roman will be on SmackDown yeah. this Friday, and I'm I'm curious to see what he actually does and the interaction with Heyman and Jay. So I can't wait today. Any thoughts on that? The the layers have been phenomenal. It's I don't, because I don't watch it live, so I'd be lying. But like, it makes it must see TV to an extent. Like, if that storyline wasn't going on, you know, Friday night, yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching SmackDown live. But I also, if that storyline wasn't going on, I'm not going back and rewatching SmackDown. I'm literally going back. I'm rewatching SmackDown, and while I'm fast forwarding, I'm like, if I see Paul, if I see Jimmy, I see Jay, I see Solo. I see Sammy, I see Roman, I pause. Whoa, rewind real quick. Let me let, let me keep watching the segment. So everything going on, you know, Jake and that main event push. We got main event Jey Uso getting a U.S. title match. Uh, you know, it, is he Roman's right-hand man still, or is his little brother the right-hand man? Uh, looking forward to seeing how it's going to turn out. Can't really call it. That's how you know they're doing good. Yeah, they're doing a great job. Also, we had the return of Charlotte. And, um... I love the I love the whole thing of Adam Pierce saying, Charlotte, you gotta wait in line. Charlotte says, I am the line. 
And her new music grows on me more and more. Every it time does. I, I hated it at first, but I'm starting to like it. Yeah. And then we have Bianca Belair still waiting for her rematch, and she won't get it. And as you, and for the past few weeks, we've heard about a reported heel turn between her and the Street Profits, and they're playing this really well because we talked about this going to WrestleMania. We, I thought they were going to unify the titles with Charlotte and Bianca, but they did not. And Charlotte and Bianca have not had a one-on-one match. So I'm excited to see where they go with this because Bianca could easily enter Money in the Bank because I, I think Charlotte's going to face Oscar at Money in the Bank. And Bianca's not getting her title ma- rematch as she should, and that's going to cause all her frustration. But I do, I don't, the thing is, I don't think Bianca and Charlotte should be a SummerSlam match. I think that's your WrestleMania match. Or you, or you could just do what they did with Becky and just give it to us twice, which I'm fine with. But I think for the first time, it should be on WrestleMania because I found it amazing that those they have not had a match between those two yet on the one-on-one since, they, since Bianca's been called up. So I'm looking forward to that. Asuka, she, she's just the holdover. Hunter has booked her like shit. Sometimes she's evil, sometimes she's not. We don't know why she changed, but... Some, like I said, sometimes she's her normal self. And I, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. extensions are so long. Yeah, I don't know what's, I don't know what's up with Oscar at this point. But she's clearly the oh, holdover. And getting the, the short end of the stick out of that whole situation. All right. Anything else about WWE? Uh, the one thing I was going to say, and I kind of want to tip my hat to it, and, you know, this is obviously not the Money in the Bank preview show. But I'm – you know I love a car crash. I love the gimmick matches. I'm actually a little excited for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match because it's the first time in maybe like 10 years. And again, we could you know go back and look, but we got six people that have never been world champion in a match. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. obviously, obviously the percentage has gone up and up and up on people who cash in and don't win. But I mean, you really got to look at it like, okay, you got half this match has never won a singles title, never won a title on the main roster. You got Shinsuke, who's won everything but a world title. Ricochet, who's what? Uh, a couple U.S. title reigns, IC title reign, and then Damian Priest, who had just the just the U.S. title reign besides his NXT North American title reign. So somebody's going to get made in this. Yeah, I'm inter- yeah it's real intriguing. Um we have to assume they're cashing on Rollins, but it, it really is interesting, and I, I'm loving. Imagine Ricochet being the one to end Roman streak. <laughs> and I'm I'm really intrigued about the idea of um, L.A. Knight winning because he's got a lot of momentum since um, WrestleMania season. Because a lot of people are upset that he was on the WrestleMania card, and ever since then he's been getting pushed to the moon. So I'm I'm interested to see. If he potentially wins this match, because like there's a small hope, there's a small thing with me with Damian Priest, but I don't think they're gonna do that. I think as of right now, my my idea is LA Knight winning the briefcase. What's your thoughts on him? You like him? It's just because the gimmick's over. Well, LA Knight was always really good on the mic. He really was. I always found him really entertaining, even like he was in TNA. I thought. Did you watch real- episode of him go sneaker shopper? I did not. Is that a thing? No, I was being a thousand percent oh, okay. sarcastic. Okay, because oh man, you know what? If it was Richie, would have t- told me about. It. Uh, uh, <laughs> Richie would have lost it. I would have lost it too. Because I know I he would lo- lose it. I know he lost it all about his fake Supreme shirt that one time. 
Well, uh, I, I think Prep said he had fake 11s on at uh, House of Hardcore. Really? Oh, man. Okay. But the, him as a talent, I have actually really enjoyed. And he had a lot of fanfare. fanfare. A lot of people were upset that he was at the WrestleMania. I think they're doing a good job with him here. And like you said, the idea of nobody's been a world champion brings another level of entry because somebody's going to be put in a higher level. 40 years old. Yep, he's, yeah, he's up there. Yeah. All right, if that's said, we can move on to the most electrifying segment in podcast history. Accolade Ack. All right, everybody. So, floor is yours. Well, you know, third time's the charm. You know, we uh, missed a beat last week, and we're off an episode. So I figured let, let's let's bring it back in. Let's tighten things up, and we are going to pay homage to one of our favorite championships. And we're, like we were talking about things uh, we've been watching and some of our, uh, you know, childhood stuff that we hold tight to us we got to bring up the european championship coveted it's a coveted <laughs> european championship which had a short four year maybe four and a half year run uh, four and three quarters yeah four and three quarters there we go so see that's how coveted it is we're even <laughs> counting quarters um debuted in 97 tournament saw family members tag team champions face each other Davey, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith versus Owen Hart. Fast forward to late 02, and Rob Van Dam, the current Intercontinental Champion, unifying it against Jeff Hardy, the reigning European Champion, which it is one of those things being a belt mark. Like, I don't even think he came out with the belt, and it's like Rob Van Dam's the last European Champion ever, but it's like one of those like champions that like there's no picture in existence of Van Dam with the European belt. Yeah, it's funny because Jeff Jarrett on his uh, podcast IG page, he posted a question, who were the only Eurocontinental champions? And I answered it, and I was like, and technically RVD, but he doesn't never, there's no image of him holding the belt as he was the final champion. True, good point. And actually, I don't even think that in that match against Jeff with RVD in the latter match, I don't even think the European title was hanging above the ring. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's not. like Jeff didn't come out with it. Yeah, there was none of this. I think, that, yeah, the IC title was the only one hanging out there. It wasn't both. Which really will pop because, what, he unified the Euro title. Yeah, he unified the Euro title first. And then we would get a small glimpse of European glory because Tommy Dreamer used the European yep. replica. And that was before. They, yeah, that was actually before the title okay. was unified. All right. So we were having double European views on TV at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, obviously the mystique of the belt overall design, I think, is underrated in the allure of championship belts from all time. It's one of the most beautiful belts. Um, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, has said multiple times that he thought it was um, one of the best-looking belts out there and thought that at the time – uh, when he won it, you know, the IC title was the oval version at the time. And he, he said he thought the European belt was a much better looking belt. Um, 
obviously my, my favorite color is green. We had a short <laughs> stint where the full strap was green. And then we got a, a um, period of time where the backing was green and eventually the backing was red. And then it was also black. Before we get into who we think of uh, as being the most iconic champions or, you know, our Mount Rushmore, we may build together. Any thoughts you want to give about the European Championship? I, I think it's top three belts ever designed. I don't have mine with me, um, but like that belt to this day is still beautiful. Like the ribbon that says European title, all the flags, the globe. Flags. It, it, it's all the colors like Fonts. bounce right the colors of the flags it all contrasts very well very excellent design um no matter what version of you have it now i'm sorry the the green strap was my least favorite version of that belt i honestly i didn't know and like i didn't know more than one person held the green strap till like this past 12 months like i thought it was like a one person gimmick i didn't realize that it, it had the longevity it did I don't know if my TV was crap as a kid. Yeah, but but that's definitely a top three belt design ever. It really is. It, 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 it just it. looks so beautiful. All the colors, it, it, it's, it's perfect. Still my favorite belt. And speaking of X-Pac, when he signed my belt, he was saying, like, look, man, I don't even have one of these for myself, which I did, which I did pop for. Crazy. Yeah, that's... So, and yours is signed by just him and Matt Hardy, or do you have an, uh, another uh, I signature? believe just him and Matt. Him and Matt. Well, going over, you know, we just said that uh, obviously Van Dam wasn't seen with it, but uh, Jeff did hold it. Matt held it much earlier. It was Matt's uh, first singles title. It wasn't. Uh, what, he had the hardcore first? Matt, Matt was the hardcore champion for like three days. Oh, okay. My fault. I thought the hardcore title came after. Um... All right, I'll get back to that. I need to triple check it. Um, I'll tell you when I, he won it. <laughs> I, I believe you. I actually, I, I don't. You, you don't li- listen to his podcast, do you? Occasionally. We talk about it all the time here, or and we'll come off him with marks or whatever. But it's really always like different levels. I finally like I had to unsubscribe and like uh, to the click this podcast because like. I, I don't know like what Kevin Nash got going on with him, but like, I, and again, it's it, yeah. There's some good segments, but it's two hours. It's going all over the place. I can't stand his co-host. I can't stand most of these co-hosts. But Matt Hardy may have the worst co-host of them all. <laughs> and I swear he like, I think I have like a big grudge. This is my like championship obsession. I feel like he really downplayed the European title win. Well, a lot of people did. A lot of people do. Like, I know William Regal talks about it that he doesn't remember any of them. So, no, that's different. William Regal was on fucking drugs. <laughs> so, the the co-host is co-hosting. He's an average dude co-hosting with Matt Hardy, one of the all-time greats in wrestling. One half of one of the greatest wrestling tag teams of all time. Which So, hardcore, former hardcore champion. Former European champion, one-time Euro or two-time? One. European champion, and then had that great run as cruiserweight champion. So when he talked, he they did an episode about him as United States champion, and he basically says he's like, "This is your your first your first like singles title." And he's like, "Well, you, you did this, you did this." Like I don't think he acknowledged the hardcore title when he's like, "You won the European title, but yeah, yeah, that's whatever." And then he's like, "And you know, you won." I'm like, 
whoa, come on. Like, I don't like I don't know. The way it came off to me was basically like saying, like, what year did Matt win the U.S. title? 06, 08? No, it was, it was 08. It was 08. So the way I look, 08. So he's like, it's like saying, like, yeah, you know, you're a main fixture for like nine or eight years in WWE. And then you finally win your singles title. Like, I, I don't know. Me as a viewer, now again, being a hardcore championship mark. But I do think that somebody that, not a casual viewer, but the average like wrestling fan in 07 thought of like if Matt was challenging for the United States champion, hey, it could happen. He's won several singles titles. So, so I, I've always was butthurt about how he uh, d- dismissed his European championship run. So WWE did too. So the first time he challenged MVP at the ba- at Great American Bash 07, on commentary, Michael Cole says, because the match opens the show. Matt Hardy said, um, Cole says Matt Hardy's looking for his first major singles major singles title in WWE. Doesn't even acknowledge the oh. European title. Um, now, Matt Hardy does acknowledge it when he does beat MVP at Backlash 08. When he says, I've been the European champion, I've been the Cruiserweight champion, but this is the most important thing that I've ever won, which was the U.S. title. So, And when I have to give my explanation about Matt Hardy in a little bit, you'll see why that I don't blame him for saying that. Oh, spicy. Okay. Okay. Well, with that being said, I'm gonna let you go first for your Rushmore of European champions. So you want me to, you want to start with Rushmore? Or who do I think of? Let's let's go. Let's go. Who do? You, would it be weird to go Rushmore than who we think of? I think so. But if that's if you if that's what you if you want to do it the other way around, I'll do it. I'll I'll go Rushmore first. Let's go Rushmore. Okay, so my Rushmore is D'Lo. No particular order. D'Lo, Eddie. Um, I, I'll probably say William Regal and probably Triple H. D'Lo, William Regal, Eddie Guerrero. Let me just triple check. Matthew, you know what? Because, like, it's hard because... I was a big, like I said, when I talked about doing this belt, it's difficult because you know what? Because I could easily switch William Regal out for X Pac. I, I mean, because, because because of the time period, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take William Regal. I'm but gonna like X Pac. All right. Okay. So X Pac. So it's X Pac, Hunter, D'Lo, Eddie. Yeah. Alright. I'm going to go with my gut. Because this is... And I don't want to alter it. But... That's why I think it'll make a little sense to go second with who do we think of. My Rushmore... Like, no particular order. It's going to be D'Lo Brown. X-Pac. Shawn Michaels, Triple H. <laughs> you can't put Shawn Michaels in there. <laughs> well, I definitely can. Okay. <laughs> well, well, all right. In a lot of, a lot of ways. If, like, if that's it, what you want to do, go ahead. But, but, like, did he in a way like diminish the title? Maybe. He did defended he, like, it once. Maybe, maybe. No, that's but, a like, fact. All right, he he may have defended it once, but like he he did the first hell in the cell. Maybe not being defended, but he was the European champion going into that match. 
he held that title with the winged eagle for a month, several months, or how a month, long? a month. It's ninety-seven. It felt like it went for like six <laughs> months. Um, also, and you know, maybe this is a little bit of why I thought this. So my Rushmore are the only people that Mattel has put that belt with in figure. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, the only time he defended it was against Triple H in that joke of a match. So the one defense is when he lost it? Yeah. You're positive? Did you I'm, research you I'm, I'm, I'm 99% positive. Because in, in the promo um, on that Christmas edition of Raw, Slaughter says you haven't defended that title. And that's when he books the match against Triple H. Because he wins that title, it's either September or, or I believe it's September, at one night only, and I don't think he defends that title again. Because he's feuding with Brett and Taker. Ken Shamrock versus Shawn Michaels European Championship. Oh, okay, I'm wrong. For Monday Night Raw, uh, 1997, same specific. Get back. Sean's got just the one belt. Yeah, it must be because you yeah. might you might you might be right, but I know it, he hardly defended that title because it happened so yeah, fast. Yeah, but he lost in December, so yeah. I I think I'm only surprised you on who I was I, like. And I don't even know if I was thinking about taking Sean. I guess I probably was taking thinking about taking Sean. Like I feel like was Hunter wasn't in your four, was he? He was. So yeah. So I mean, I guess we don't even really need to get into it. But like I, I don't know. Like Hunter did a lot for it. Like he obviously I know we know as the blue blood he had that first IC title reign. But like I feel like he did more with that European title run, the European title runs than like. He did that first one. Like, that that's forgettable. Like, it's almost like Ooh. you don't – Hunter. Like, I feel like you don't really remember – I feel like it's easy if you think back of Hunter's career. Like, he went European champion, then IC, then worked his way up. You don't think of him as, like, IC champion, European champion. Like, is he, I think that's kind of – like, obviously, you're, you're – Triple H is your guy, so I know you go and think about each one. But, like, you know, on the – or also, like, I think it's a, a historical moment, like with the Nation of Domination spoof. He's got the European title with the IC letters on top of it while he's impersonating uh, Dwayne. Yeah, so I don't associate Triple H in that era as the Intercontinental Champion. Because when he was the Blue Blood, he was the Intercontinental Champion. He was a three-time European Champion in DX. And then when he did win the IC title, he had to relinquish it. At SummerSlam because he got hurt. Mm -hmm. So I always hold the European title more the European title more synonymous with him because in that time period in DX in that belt being a staple in DX. Yeah. And now and then when he was the game, he would win the title two more times, and his final time, his fifth reign was when he unified it. When he. I'm sorry, say it again? When he unified... The, the world title and the IC title at No Mercy 02 when he beat Kane. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay. So, that was, so that's Thankful. like counted Thankful. as a title reign. So that was his, technically his fifth reign. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so... 
All right, so we have our Rushmores. So who do you think of? So I mean, obviously, I guess Regal, someone else that comes to your mind outside of your Rushmore. It does, but who I think of, like I said, think of is not your Rushmore. Think of is like when you see this, but what do you For think? For sure. Of? So I'm gonna go right back to what you've put on your Rushmore, Sean, because not everybody held two titles back then at the same time, and then sure. that with the world title, all the pictures that you said you always saw, like as you said. In figure form, that depicts I got the um, the screw job 97 Michaels Ultimate in front of me right now. So I'm always going to think of him when it comes to that title. Triple H, um, Eddie Guerrero, and probably X-Pac. Because, again, that title was a staple of DX. Yes. Did I say D-Lo? Yeah, D-Lo. Okay. D-Lo. We both let off D-Lo number one, which is kind of ironic, and I, you know, that's. I'm talking about for who do I think of? Yeah, uh, I don't think you did. I'm sorry. Okay, so Shawn Michaels, Triple H, D-Lo, Pac, Guerrero, and, and I'll say Guerrero. Okay, so I think so. Like that's why I guess I kind of flip flop, and I, I would like us to kind of come up with like an agreed Rushmore, kind of like we did for the Big Gold, but um, like. And again, I feel feel like that's why my Rushmore is definitely like my, my preference because '97 was really when like it w- I wasn't a casual fan. That's when I started watching and like I'm watching like the ending of Sean's career and he's the European champion, so it's something I, I associate with him. Um, as much as like I look back on the pictures of Eddie Guerrero with the European title, like I wasn't watching wrestling regularly like that. Like I was technically banned from wrestling for like nine months. I wasn't even supposed to be watching. But, like, I know he was a European champion, but, like, I don't know about his defenses, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Um, Kurt Angle, I kind of feel like in ways, like, I, we remember, like, when the great, when the um, entrance greats elite came out, like, me and you immediately threw the Eurocontinental belt mm-hmm. soaring him. Some, someone that kind of goes through my mind. But um, one, one other person I contemplated throwing through was Owen Hart. Yeah, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad about Owen Hart when you think about it. Yeah, but he, he Kurt Angle Yeah, yeah. Or like, why are we? But neither of us even mentioning like Davy Boy Smith. I feel like you you Google the European title. One of the first pictures, or like if it's not D'Lo Brown and Xbox, I I think D, British Bulldogs probably popping up in pictures with that belt. Yeah. So on IG, uh, Elite Collector, his was Bulldog Kurt HBK Eddie, and JP, HBK, see, and uh, J, my brother-in-law going on. <laughs> And then J.P. Santiago, he said D'Lo, Regal, Bulldog, and Angle. Because okay. Kurt won it in January of 2000, and he lost it at WrestleMania 2000. Eddie won it the night after WrestleMania 2000, and he lost it in July. But Eddie, that, that run Eddie had with China was so was so big for me. Like that, that those two were on another, on a whole other level for me. That title actually. Fit him perfectly. He had a lot of great matches. He had a long reign. He, lo- he lost it in July of 2000. A fully loaded Perry Saturn. Um, and well, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're so. And, and then um, D'Lo, as always, like the first person to hold both titles. The first person to kind of like uh, change up where he was from every week, which was which was always fun. But uh, <laughs> it's always classic great. man, madness, and, right there. Yeah, and then Kurt Angle. Like I said, Kurt Angle. You always see the image with him. You go, you go, you Google Kurt Angle. You're gonna see that picture of him on Raw with the microphone, with wearing both titles. It's just not everybody had two titles back then. There's only two Eurocontinental champions ever. Well, three technically, but 
I can't get mad. But and then when the time Regal came in, the European title wasn't anything. And then as Matt Hardy said, doesn't kind of just dismisses it. In 01, the title wasn't really anything either. Like at this point, it was a singles title that they put on him. They were trying to bring up those singles careers for Matt and Jeff. Matt won the Euro, then Jeff won the light heavyweight. And they try to just kind of put elevate them as single competitors. But Matt Hardy never had any big feuds for that for that for that title at all. So I don't blame him for not adding that, even though he did have about a four month reign. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. No, real quick, I'm just going to mention that uh, Owen uh, Shawn Michaels also defended against Owen Hart uh, the European title as well. Okay. Um, all right. Well, real quick, we'll, let's do some little bit of like elimination here. Um, I can't believe neither of us mentioned Spike Dudley, but whatever. Oh, stop it. Or, or Bradshaw with the API. Stop, stop it. Stop it. Um, Diamond Dallas Page. Is this really what we're doing? A bunch of little um, DDP. Stop it. All right. So let's do a little bit of order of operations. And I think we're going to have a real hard time. I think we're going to knock out one through three real quick. And then we're yeah, gonna I think time. we were in agreement in at least two. It was D-Lo and Triple H. Did you say Triple H? I did. Okay, so D-Lo and Triple H are cemented. What about X-Pac? I'll cement X-Pac. Okay. All right. See, I said we could get through one, and one through three real quick. That took two seconds. Yeah, you – yeah. Okay. So – because you put X-Pac back in yours, and then your – I took Regal out. was Guerrero. Yeah, my last one was Eddie. All right. So Guerrero, Triple H – or Guerrero, Sean – uh, I, I I can be easily again because I didn't watch that era or in it. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll agree if you think Guerrero makes more sense, uh, I'll say Guerrero. That'll be the Matt Madness Rushmore for the European title. Okay, great. So D'Lo, Triple H, X Pac, Eddie, perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, and I'm looking forward to next week. Was next week the uh, TNA Championship? TNA Big Gold. Okay, good. I'm and looking forward now, to that. Now I'm going to uh, pose the European title with my Hall of Fame, Eddie Guerrero. That's, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just well, hoping they get they come up with an updated version of that era because technically, isn't that a WCW, Eddie? No, nah, I think because of the merch shirt, that's definitely WCW. I, I know. And, I'm talking about the tights. Maybe. I don't know. Because he didn't start putting Latino heat on his tights until like the summer of 2000. So I kind of got to do my little bit of homework on it, but I'm almost positive those are WCW tights. It's what says Latino. I, I thought they don't say Latino heat on the butt. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. But um, I remember like when he first came in, he had those kind of tights. It didn't say Latino on the back. Like in June, like May, June, July, that's when he had Latino on the back. Well, that would be like two figures from that set. That's like a mashup because yeah. I think. If I'm correct, and I think it took me years to realize this, I think the Trish from that set is based on her WrestleMania 27 look, but it comes with the women's title. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost positive that's a mashup. Because even like the picture, that's not Eddie Guerrero from 2000. Makes sense. They did that in a lot of packaging. Mm-hmm. All right, got anything else for me? That'll be it. All right, guys. So, as always, subscribe on all podcast platforms iTunes, Google Play, Poppy, and Stitcher. Ringside Collectibles, code MMANAGE to save you 10%. That's it for the show. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd. That's X2 Flyers from Mickey, and we'll see you guys soon. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they. Hop on the top rope, by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle.